everybody, and welcome back to the Off the Key Podcast. I'm your host, Mac, and today I'm joined by my two regular co-hosts, Garrett. Who's in the bunker? Who's in the bunker? And James. Hello there. And today, for our fourth installment of Off the Key Essentials, we are talking about Garrett's second pick, In Rainbows, by Radiohead. Hmm. I say that's the review. That's all you need to say. Alrighty, well, any final thoughts, guys? <laughs> nope. Just Tom York is the best front man alive. <laughs> Cap. Whoa. No, that's 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 big cap, even I know it. Jokes aside, we have talked about Radiohead before. We discussed them pretty extensively in our review of the Smile, the latest Smile project that came out this year. So if you want to find out more about them in depth besides what we talk about here today, please go check out that review if you want more context. But I will still go over a brief overview of the band to catch you up to speed. So, Radiohead. If you're wondering, they're an English rock band formed in Abington, Oxfordshire in the UK by Tom York, Johnny Greenwood, Colin Greenwood, and O'Brien and Philip Selway in 1985. They have frequently worked with producer Nigel Godrich since 1994, and he is often considered an unofficial member of the band uh, Radiohead is frequently credited with advancing the sound of alternative rock in the 1990s and the 2000s with their experimental approach to music. So, known for their seminal albums, OK Computer and Kid A, the group has received widespread critical acclaim throughout their nearly 30-year career, with several of their records being regarded as some of the greatest of all time. Now, their seventh studio album, In Rainbows, was a self-released record on the internet as a pay-what-you-want download, followed by a physical release through XL Recordings and TBD Records. So they self-released the record to allow fans to set their own price, saying that it liberated them from conventional promotional formats and to remove the barriers for audiences. Including zero. They could have paid zero pounds. Yep. Yeah, you could have got the album for free. A goaded move, to be honest. Yeah, I actually remember this news when I was growing up. It was kind of a big deal because it was one of the first albums ever. Actually, I think it was the first album ever to do something like this. Pretty revolutionary move for this album. It garnered them a ton of international media attention. Many people praised Radiohead for challenging older media distribution models and finding new ways to connect with fans through the internet. You know, you got to think this was 2007. You know, the internet is starting to become more prominent, but you guys remember iTunes? Was it like 99 fucking cents a song? Yeah. Or more? Yep, 2007, I mean, that's the year Facebook started. This was the infancy of the internet as we know it today. A huge trailblazing move, to say the least. Yeah, this was kind of a big deal because it would, in some ways, predict a lot of the ways that musicians would monetize their work today. Bandcamp has a similar business model. You know, an artist can set a pay-what-you-want model for their project. In fact, JPEG Mafia actually did it for his offline, online LPs back in um, 2021. We did the same thing. You could pay $1 or you could pay 50 bucks. And that's largely what the internet subscription model has become across a lot of platforms and different media types. You go onto Substack, you think Patreon, you, all those sites... Sure, they have like predetermined dollar amounts that you pay, but there's different tiers, so you get to choose. You're essentially choosing what you pay for something that you enjoy. Various levels of content. Forward-thinking move on Radiohead's part, and I have to give them praise for that. I would also say that is, in part, why this album got as big as it. This was actually the first time Radiohead had a hit song in the U.S. since, what was it, Creep in the 90s? Yeah. So the release and the promo for this album 
did kind of elevate its popularity in a pretty unique way for the time. But on top of that, it's a fantastic album. You know, this was the seventh album in a line of Radiohead albums that have already been considered legendary, groundbreaking, genre-shifting. Radiohead has already had their prime and then some by this point. And this also ties back into the release strategy. This was the first record since the expiration of their contract with EMI Records. That was a big part of what led to the decision to release it the way they did and also to really the creative process and the just the creation period of this album because before this they had taken a hiatus and they began recording in 2005 i'm sure garrett tell us more but it was kind of a grueling process for a lot of the members but it ended up being one of their best there's a reason after they split with emi that the the length of time between albums has grown and grown exponentially over their three independent ones because they were an absolute machine there in the early 2000s, uh, much to the detriment of their mental health, especially Kid A. The period, the point of time between OK Computer and Kid A like destroyed like the band mentally and physically. They were absolutely exhausted and creatively burnt out. Yeah, and it even affected some of the records that came out in the 2000s, if you ask me. On some of those albums, they had to use a little bit of uh, B-side materials, and that's that's the difference between some of those albums like like Amnesiac or Hell to the Thief and this album. This album has a disc two of B-side tracks, some of which I think could fit on this album really well, whereas their previous albums, when they were just kind of just crapping content out, some of those songs don't feel quite as complete and the b-sides that are accompanying those recording sessions really not all that good but in rainbows has some of the in fact their last three albums have some of the best b-side material i have heard from a band it was kind of like my whole argument with our review for joshua tree i'm like why are these songs not on an album why are they like hidden and obscure you know and only released like way way later like these deserve recognition for how good they are what is the band smoking not thinking that this is as good as the other stuff that they're recording in this session. I actually feel that way about Untitled Unmastered, but that got a lot of attention for Kendrick. So I kind of agree. So I went and listened to Disc 2 after you mentioned it. There were some real standouts. I I love Go Slowly. That is such... Yeah, Go Go Slowly was the biggest standout for me. But on the same side, I also appreciate that In Rainbows is concise. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's 10 tracks, 42 minutes, and some change. Doesn't waste its time. We preach that all the freaking time on the show. Don't say more than you have to. In Rainbows being so concise and being so crisp is part of why I think it's one of their best albums, period. On top of that, though, this was an interesting album for them sonically, too, because they started to incorporate more strings. They were using a lot of piano, even the on no. Very rare instrument, by the way. If you ask me, it kind of gives In Rainbows this alien feel. Is it? It's, a, it's essentially a slide early synth keyboard where you put this little ring on your finger and essentially like pulls a chord that you can work as a slide to give as you hit the keys to give it like vibrato and it sounds absolutely wild you can definitely tell that this is it's not a a synthesizer they use that and they incorporate the the gizmo the ebo um hooking up their guitars with certain sound effects like echo and delay and then using that ebo almost like one would use on a stringed instrument that constantly plays that string to get a really just wild sound out of it. Very incredible techniques, and 
this is such a beautiful, creamy, sonically great album. It's I think it's up there for like one of the most beautiful albums like that, up there with the second album by uh Chigarosh and Joshua Tree with just how beautiful and like delicate. Yeah. I think it's actually like sonically speaking, the smoothest album they've ever put out. Yes. Oh Lord, yes. It's not like too polished, you know, like you get in blue matter, you know. Like you said, a nice creamy, kind of a silky sound. And I really like it. Well and two things really help that too is that the the bass sounds very live on it, as do the drums. And also they unlike their previous albums like Kid A, they really scale back their usage of drum machines and tape loops, which I think was a really great decision on that. There's a yeah. lot more of feel on this album. There's a lot more of a live sound. They kind of brought that back. I really, really love that decision. Yeah, it gives it a much more personal and human feel, which I think is very appropriate considering the lyrical content of the album. Plus, you know, Nigel, he was still the producer, and I understand why they've kept him around so long, at least up to this point. He's apparently very flexible. He allows the band the, their creative freedom, and that's I think that's incredibly important to how this band has evolved. Initially, they weren't going to use Nigel in the beginning, and it wasn't until they brought him in that they actually put their nose to the grind and made the album. Because before this, they were having a lot of issues. It's funny that sometimes Radiohead and Tom are called pretentious because Tom kind of had, in these years, kind of had a struggle with he thought he was being too pretentious at times, especially after like the whole Kid A Amnesiac Hell to the Thief run. He wanted to make things a little bit more direct. He wanted to get back to that live sound. So he was kind of struggling. He was like, man, I've kind of, I've already kind of reinvented ourselves from the nineties era to now. How can we mix those a little bit? Cause at first there's a hatred. I mean, everyone knows the notorious story of Radiohead, like never playing creep in the two thousands cause they hated their old sound so much. But I guess that kind of wore off general malaise for their old sound. And so Tommy was like, what, what kind of fuse that? that live sound with our creative philosophy that we have now. And I think that was a very mature viewpoint to come to, you know, not just like like a child, like, that was grass what we did. I don't want to do that anymore. Saying, okay, there's stuff we can learn from this. I love the word juxtaposition because you can find, it's very noticeable in music. The music is just like an angel floating around, like playing a harp. And the music is like a puppy getting kicked. Sad boy, hashtag sad boy. To the max. This is a very personal and incredibly sorrowful album. Like you inspired land, this definitely has like some personal touches here. Definitely reflects that period in time, like very, very early high school. It goes through the buffet of depression. I mean, there's 15 step is really kind of like about like thoughts of death. Body Snatchers is about like not feeling comfortable in your own skin and identity crisis. Nude is one of the most in-your-face depressing songs. I mean, it's literally just like, you know, don't get any big ideas. They're not going to happen. You're going to go to hell. All I Need is about unrequited love. You know, Faust Arp is about the story of Faust. Reckoner is kind of like weirdly symbolic of a lot of Eastern philosophy. That song is not really outwardly sad, but House of Cards, about loving somebody that's, you know, obviously very much taken. You know, Jigsaw falling into place is about being in public and like public anxiety, not having a good time. And videotape is once again about death. I mean, there is literally not a positive song here. The depression freaking buffet. 
is the golden corral of depression. But but it jammed though. <laughs> it do be busting though. It is <laughs> it very do jam. I actually want to kind of focus on the instrumentals more. This album has my favorite Radiohead instrumentation. The combination of the strings and like soft guitar parts are so silky smooth while still having a lot of feeling and presence. He sounds like he's in his feelings, both lyrically and musically. So with 15 Step... That's my favorite Radiohead song, by the way. Or one of them. It's, it's also one of my favorites. But uh, the thing that really stuck out to this track for me was the drums. I think the drum performance here is its best, and um, it really sets the tone for the album going forward, because it is, it is kind of groovy. It's the side-by-side use, that duality of both of their, both halves of their career. There's the, like, the very jazzy-esque drumming of feel, but there's also the tape loop and how the, the song starts, and that in, in combination is really nice. The drums immediately drew me in. Another thing that I really enjoy is the guitar. The moving chords that it goes through really just... It's so circular. Yeah, it's a very circular kind of chord progression, and it just, every time I listened to it, it drew me in, and I just found myself bobbing my head more to the guitar than anything else. The Greenwood Brothers were on one for this song. Even the, even the bass slaps. My soul leaves my body every time I hear that downward walk, that when Colin just walks it down at parts. And like there is some problems with early Radiohead where I feel like Colin was, wasn't, his bass wasn't in the mix as much, but they really put him in the forefront in some of these songs. And another thing that I like about In Rainbows is that every member shines more so than their other albums. And I love that. It's not really Kid A. I mean, I do like it. But it was kind of like the Tom York show. I'm not going to lie. This album really has even contributions from every member. I mean, Johnny's on point. And then Ed O'Brien comes in. He's playing the synths that really kind of feel the last part of this album out. And When Ed O'Brien was still participating in the band? Yes. <laughs> he actually has, this is his most like participation that he's, besides like really early Radiohead, that he's ever had. I mean, Tom is giving those like some great falsettos that almost feel like, some effects on his voice. There's got to be something. But then he's he's done this live so- several times, and he's just like merging his falsetto that it almost like combines with some of the synths being played. I'm just like, there's got to be some editing on that. So, like, there's got to be some kind of effect, but he's not. He's just doing that. It all just blends, and it's so smooth, and there's a lot of like really good jazz-like transitions in the song. It's their best opener to an album they've ever had. It, I agree. It's a solid, solid opener. Body Snatchers is basically like a punk song. And then you get slapped in the face. Yeah, yeah by Body Lyr- Snatchers. The heaviest song. That song gives me the heebie-jeebies. Conceptually speaking, I, I don't know what it is about that song, but the whole idea of being like an invader in your own skin, like it's... Mm. It's an identity crisis, but also like an imposter syndrome kind of yeah. in this. You could interpret it both ways, I think. Like you said, Garrett, it's definitely one of their heaviest songs. Yeah. And, I mean, it comes out with those, like, heavy distorted guitars. It's, like, the most distorted guitars on this album. You really don't get that kind of just gravelly sound for the rest of the album. You have the just really crisp drums, but also you have, in the beginning and in several parts, when Johnny's not playing the hook in the chorus, he's doing the same thing he does in Creep, where he's, like, muting and, like, just chugging the strings real hard, give that extra little percussion. On that beat, it just really kind of just makes it that much more impactful. And then you have, you know, this Ed playing like the sustained notes, you know, when it kind of, he's giving those little soaring notes. 
this album really opened my eyes to like what Ed does in the band. He's really the the kind of like the effects guy. He's given that that playing those synths. He's playing around with the guitar, the sustained notes with like the ebo and and like the delay pedals and all that to really fill out the sound. I mean, he's also kind of like their guitar tech, like mid show, but also he's like the effects guy. Is very essential for Radiohead sound because I feel like oh, some yeah. of these songs would feel very thin if he wasn't mm-hmm. playing like synths in the back or having those like really long sustained beautiful alien-esque notes in the background to really just kind of like fill the sound out. Very Brian Eno-esque. So Nude is nude is a blues song. It's very, very bluesy, at least rhythmically. It is my favorite Tom York vocal performance. I think it's his best. I wish he would sing like this all the time. I Because yeah, I, 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 would, I would listen to Radiohead a lot more if he sang like this. He does this, he actually does more of that in A Moonshaped Pool. I think it is Tom York's second best vocal performance in an, in an album because he does more of that. He's not really doing the weird vocal things like he did with like Kid A and like you know songs like Idiotech. He's doing more of his relying on his falsettos, like blending in with the the song. This is such a beautiful song, and just the lyrics are such a slap in the face, like a devil talking on your shoulder. It's like one of those like at some parts they'll just give you that tingle on the back of your spine. It's like ooh. Eerie, and I just I love the bass line. It's just so simple, but it's so prominent, and it drives the song along, keeps it from all blending in together. It's just a great track. I mean, Tom York really brought it with these first few tracks. They're definitely some of his best. This opening three-track run, to me, is kind of made me realize, like, you know, Radiohead, actually, they have potential. They have... <laughs> they're, they're a good band. I, I could see myself <laughs> liking them. Wait, what? Yes. I can't believe it. <laughs> God, that it, good God. <laughs> it opened my eyes. No, genuinely, I think this album has some of the best musical composition of any Radiohead album, especially Weird Fish's Arpeggi. That's actually yes. my favorite track on the album, and it is strictly because of the instrumental. You know, I think Tom York does a good performance here, but the strings on that song are heavenly. I'm pretty sure they were arranged by Johnny Greenwood because Greenwood it sounds like Greenwood at about a certain point of his career decided to learn get into orchestra arranging music and being a conductor and man it did a wonder on Radiohead's last albums I mean he conducted some wonderful accompaniments and this was really the first album where they introduce the arrangements the string arrangements you know they start bringing in more of that live stringed instrumentation and I am all here for it. That's why I'm also a big fan of A Moon-Shaped Pool. Yeah, another beautiful, beautiful track. This album is a big Johnny Flex, if we're being honest. This is this is the Greenwood Brothers special right here, serving it up hot and fresh on a plate. OK Computer has some really good bass lines, so I'd be really hesitant to say this is like Colin Greenwood's like really best performance that he's on, but it's very close. There's some tasty-ass bass lines on this. So it's after this point that the album starts to slow its pace a little bit. The first four tracks really have they have a bit more energy. Pretty much from here to the end of the album, it starts to kind of slow down. And there's a bit more of that droney sound that I expect from Radiohead. Yeah, and all I need is very slow pace. The synths are long. They're drawn out. And the synths are layered over each other. And what I really like about this track is that is the little added glockenspiel. I think it really, it's pretty on its own, 
but it really cuts through the slow droning layers of scents and really kind of gives it that like beautiful twinkling quality that the rest of the album has. And that and the, the it gives it a lot of character. Yeah. Meanwhile, Tom is just giving a very low register performance on actually some pretty depressing, very sadly, but not sad in a like beautiful nebulous way, sad in an actually kind of pathetic way because I mean he's talking about like wanting someone that he can't have like so bad that he feels like a dong, you know, trapped in their hot car. And it's just really kind of just like it's it's low key kind of pathetic. Yeah, it really it kind of is. It's just like wow, this is like a new level of like down bad. Now Faust Arp brings in a bit of a acoustic performance. And I would say that it's this is another great Tom York vocal performance as well. I enjoyed the vocals in this one much like similar to the way I did in Nude. Wow. Mac, I think we're going to disagree with James here because this is my least favorite track, and it's because of the vocals. I love the Johnny Greenwood arpeggios. I was going to say the it's gr- the it's all the instrumental for me. Yeah, on this one, it's, which is weird because I think James is going to like another Radiohead song, one of the few that I just really don't like. Have you heard "A Wolf at the Door"? Yeah, Mac. I do not like that song because of his because of, <laughs> of his like rap. His has very similar vocal delivery to here, but just a little bit more on the. The rap side, I think he would like that song too, whereas I do, do not like that song. That's my least favorite song on the album. Interesting. That is very interesting. I wasn't expecting that. I was not expecting that either. I don't, I don't know. I just enjoyed it. was very personal and very emotional, much like Nude is. I also enjoyed the instrumentals. Great little like story because it's based on the story of Faust, the guy that makes the deal with the devil. That's a little bit of a... Bit of a reference there, and it kind of plays around with that a little bit. A lot of songs in this album are very direct and in your face, but there are some like Faust and then the falling track Reckoner that are a little bit more symbolic and nebulous and really have a definite meaning. They play around with a lot of philosophies and imagery and symbolism. They don't really have a definite thing you could point to saying, Oh, this is definitely what the song is about. Especially Reckoner, it, it goes around with a lot of. Eastern like Buddhist philosophies. So the lyric, lyrics are kind of just like there almost as a placeholder. It's really the vocal performance as in him using his falsetto as an instrument more than it is, oh, here are the lyrics, you know, they're at the forefront. I think that's a fair interpretation. Reckoner is actually one of my favorite tracks on the album, and it's for that reason. A personal anecdote I was a big Radiohead hater when I started. I. Knew people that thought that Radiohead was like the best band ever and that they were always putting Radiohead above other bands that I liked. And I did not like that. And I tried some songs on their recommendation. I tried Creep. I tried Fake Plastic Trees. And I tried Kid A. And I just, I just did not like any of it at first. I've since come around. But when I heard Reckoner and Body Snatchers, that's when I started to change my mind. I'm like, okay. I'll concede they have some good tracks. And then I listened to the rest of In Rainbows and then I started I started becoming a new man. I went from Saul, the persecutor, <laughs> to Paul, the Stan. So Reckoner was like one of the first songs that I mean I just love the just simple, simply plucked strings. It almost sounds like one would play a harm. It's very, very light, very airy. And then the layered percussion, like the tambourine and like the shakers and just gives it a very, very windy, very airy quality. 
So you're telling me that In Rainbows was your Radiohead gateway drug? Yes, and according to a lot of people that don't really like Radiohead, In Rainbows is their most, especially if their problem is with Tom York, In Rainbows is the most accessible album to them. It's that or OK Computer, it's got to be. And then I'd say Kid A is their least accessible. Oh, yeah, definitely. That, ironically, that was actually the first Radiohead album I ever heard. It was the second. And, uh, the, the reason I, a little anecdote on that, but the reason I got into it is because I heard it was kind of an IDM album and I was getting into Aphex Twin at the time and like Square Pusher and uh, guys like that. And I was like, okay, I'll check out this album. I've never really listened to Radiohead. And I was like, what the fuck is this shit? Yeah, I'd, I would much rather listen to the two aforementioned I, band I like, than like the IDM. I like Kid A. But I think it's overrated. That's my Radiohead hot take. Yeah, a bigger hot take than that is that it is not in my like top three, or really four Radiohead. It's, it is on the lower end of the spectrum. I know everyone says that if Kid A is not their best, it's like second to like OK Computer. I mean, I I love OK Computer. It's right there, number two, and very. It's also a ten for me. But Kid A is not a ten, and it is not one of their best albums. It is pretty much like it's. A Tom York solo project, honestly. The rest of the band does not shine. There's not enough live drums on it for me. I feel like they really wasted feel on those two albums, Kid A and Amnesiac. And it's just, I mean, they, they really bring out the rest of the band here. That's what I love about this album. You know, despite Tom York's reputation and how much we make fun of him, I do think he is a good singer. It's just sometimes he'll make creative choices that make me scratch my head. Exactly. <laughs> Nude presents it so well. He is actually an amazing singer. His breath control is perfect. Pitch control, perfect. He just makes these weird choices, <laughs> and it it baffles me. Yeah, yeah but you know, frustrates like, me so much. Yeah, but also like experimentation is in Radiohead's DNA. So like, yeah. you, you kind of have to accept it if you're going to be a Radiohead fan. Yeah, but I do agree. Sometimes, like, I'm just like, why the. Like, I felt that way a lot about the vocals on uh, Kid A, actually. Yeah, and King of Limbs. I'd say those are his two worst vocal performances because he does a lot of, like, very weird... His, like, vocal inflections on it are just not playing to his strengths at all. No, and I agree with you guys. I think In Rainbows is Tom York's best performances vocally in a vacuum. Reckoner and House of Cards are very good vocal performance is very personable very very low to the ground he's not trying to do too much and i feel like house of cards is beautiful sonically that is a song mm. that you test your new headphones to you get a new beats by dre that's a, that's a song you pull up <laughs> to check out those check out those levels and performance because man i believe the ebo is also used on the strings in this one on the guitar to really just give it that soaring Almost similar to the electric violin, those type of effects that they would put on string instruments earlier in like the 70s and 80s. Kind of reminds me of that, but taken to like more of an extreme. And I love, uh, there's a reference. It's it's also about unrequited love. about, But this time, it's not really because she doesn't like him back. It's because that she is already in a relationship. She's, you know, she's married. You know, that's one of the lyrics is, kiss your husband goodnight. And there's also a lyric that I 
recently just kind of found out about because I didn't know that it was a thing. It's kind of a reference. But it's put your keys in the bowl and to tell your husband goodnight. So apparently there was a thing in like the swinger community called key parties, which essentially you come to the party. Everyone puts their keys in the bowl. Now you have the party, you have a good time. But when you're, when you're going to leave the party, you pick a random set of keys and you literally go home with whoever's keys you pick up. Wild. I can't believe I like that was a reference that I never got until re- <laughs> until recently, like diving a little bit deeper on like the writing of this album. Someone mentioned that. I was like, bruh. I was like, what in the world? Tom York swinger confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was so funny. I, one thing I want to comment on as well about in rainbows is I think the pacing is perfect. Yes. I think the pacing yeah. of this album is there. You can't get better on any other Radiohead album than this. I think the pacing is better than Kid A. Or not Kid A, but um, OK Computer. Yes. Yeah, I would agree, too. Personally, I think this is my favorite Radiohead album as well. But I have honestly teetered back and forth on whether or not I think it's a 10. It took me a while to like Faust Arp and All I Need. I've since come around on it, but it was one of those albums before I really enjoyed them that I thought that it was... Less of a, oh, every song is great, and more of a, most of these songs are great, but the some songs are so good that they overlook the the shortcomings of the others. But now I kind of enjoy them all. Like, the only nitpick I have with this album is his vocals on Faust Arp, and that is pretty much it. That and the lyrics are a little too much on All I Need, there, and that's really... There... <laughs> Some of the lyrics are a little, uh, a little questionable. It's There's it's just a lot got, of pathetic. it's got big kick puppy energy. Yeah, I know we talked about that before, but like, there's some points where I'm like, man, I don't know. Well, he definitely perfected that later because I think Moonshape Pool he really uses a lot of really good symbolism, and his writing comes out where he's just not just like. I'm sad. Uh, I'm sad. I'm sad. Yeah, but this, uh, yeah. But, but there's it, there is an appeal to that though, like just wallowing in your own sadness while the album is playing. I mean, I get it. You know, I'm I'm a big emo fan, so like, I'm right at home with this. Yeah, very like downward spiral with teeth, nine inch nails style writing, which is like in your face. Yeah, almost. yeah. No, I I I'm here for it, but I can't deny that sometimes I hear Tom York lyrics on this album and I'm just like man, just like go outside man yeah for, <laughs> touch some grass touch grass please. <laughs> no I, I've had my share of mental health issues and all that but that kind of wallowing thing it's it's never appealed to me honestly I've, yeah I've always used music more of a as a catharsis or an escape when I'm feeling like shit, I want something that's going to pick me up or like release the emotion that I'm feeling. See, that's personal preference. Yeah. that it. Yeah, absolutely. It's I'm, a personal preference. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to suffer with the sad music. <laughs> yeah. Some, some, some people like do that to just kind of get it all out of their system. And yeah. Just exactly. get emo- like exhaust that. So they're just like, almost like their brain just gets, tired of it at a point my brain is so done with being sad See, that in a way yeah, we gotta move on. in a way it's a different kind of catharsis yeah if that makes sense no i 
I'm not discounting that. No, I'm no, just no. Saying this is what I. That's how I feel. And to connect it, I feel like that might be one of the reasons why I don't connect with Radiohead as much as other people do. Like I've been saying, there are a lot of tracks on here that I do enjoy in it, but it doesn't really hit me at an emotional level. Well, I think Tom is really at his best when he's talking about different areas of sadness. When he's talking about unrequited love and issues of like being in a relationship and really like wanting someone, not that he gets pretentious, but I feel like it really comes off as whining. I feel like House of Cards kind of pulls it off right because it's there's that kind of mutual, you know, let's just go run away. Yeah, I know you got this, but come on, let's just forget about your, your house of cards. You know, I'll forget about mine, but it's definitely like all I need is just ignoring the rules of the world. You know, it's not really analyzing. It's just like, but, but, but this is what I want. It's just Why raw can't... feelings, man. Yeah, it's just raw feelings to kind of like an observation of that. I'm saying, this is what I want. In a way, that's also what makes it relatable mm-hmm. is because we are, you know, as people, we are rational sometimes. We are unrealistic and disconnected from the world. So, yeah, that's very, very true, Mac. And that is arguably one of the best ways to express yourself is to just be completely open. And I think he does that very well here. I can, I will concede that point. The, yeah. the whole, the whole thing I'm trying to gear towards is I like the vulnerability of this album, even when it's uncomfortable and cringy. We like yeah. being cringy because like, it's yeah. it's it's honest. Yeah, it's realistic. You I know, agree. Like, even if Tom is kind of throwing himself a pity party on this album at many points, it's not like some self indulgent. Well, he is kind of self indulgent, but like it's it's not unrealistic for somebody to feel this way. Yeah, or right. like narcissistic. I don't. I don't really think this album is that pretentious. It's. An album that you can listen to while thinking about someone or thinking about things that have happened to you, but you don't want to tell other people that you were listening to this song while like thinking about them or these situations. You never want to like tell someone that you love is like, oh man, yeah, I've just been thinking about you listening to all I need. <laughs> They'd be like, I'm gonna leave immediately. Yeah, like in, in Rainbows kind of encompasses the uncomfortable feelings that I feel like we have sometimes as people. And I think that's what makes this album genuinely compelling, especially from a songwriting standpoint. And, you know, the music in combination with that being so silky and smooth and angelic while having spurts of really intense distorted guitars, like with Body Snatcher. I think it's the whole package, man. I think it's a beautiful emotional statement. However, I do like when he gets less vulnerable and is just making a little bit more general observations like he does in the last two tracks. Like Jigsaw, he's talking about, you know, you're in a, a space where you're supposed to be having fun, and but there's a lot of you know, anxiety. And, you know, if you're drinking or you're doing something and you're kind of all messed up and you mess things up and it suddenly kind of turns and you're supposed to be having fun, but you're kind of not. And it's an observation on that social scene. And also it's a very, like, chaotic song gets real up tempo i think the bass is wonderful and it has that really aggressive acoustic feel that radiohead doesn't venture into all that much very jagged song on an otherwise very smooth album like this and body snatchers are the most pumping songs yeah 
but yeah, you know, we get to videotape, and I think that's a very appropriate closing. Yeah, like, it's it ties up the album very nicely. Ironically, it's a song that took them the longest amount of time to work on. Really, I, I actually didn't read about that. Why? Yeah, because Johnny and Nigel had all this stuff for them. You know, they had big orchestra, and we're gonna make all these synths. And when, and Tom just said, "Man, my lyrics just don't fit this at all. Like, I feel like my singing, like how I want to sing this, just does not fit. I just I can't make it work." So they were just rewriting and make, doing this. And finally, I think it was Nigel stripped all of that extra stuff that him and Johnny were working on, and just had just Tom and his like the piano and Tom was like this is it this is all the grand plans that we had all the all the stuff that we wanted to just pack it into let's strip it down take it back and then they added some like the tape loops and the build up at the end and then left it at that and it's like they were working for like all these months and then once they finally changed it it just took them like a week or two so sometimes less is more and this is a very beautiful song about, there's a lot of symbolism about death, and it kind of has a, it's the videotape of your life that you watch before you die. There's also that interpretation you could have of him breaking up in a relationship and him saying it's got to end and there's a lot of pain, but all the good times I've had with you are going to stay in my memory forever that I'll, like a videotape, that I'll watch over and over. So it's like, yeah, we have to do this, but, you know, my memories with you will be positive, and I will replay them, and I will enjoy them constantly, even though what we're doing right now hurts. Such a somber yet helpful and positive way to end the record. It is very bittersweet, but I think it perfectly encompasses the emotional statement that this album is making. And Rainbows is genuinely a beautiful record i think it's radiohead at their best but with that being said do you guys have anything you want to say before we get into our closing thoughts Alrighty. well i'll start so i understand when somebody says okay computer is better or kid a is better and i think that just speaks to the quality of radiohead's music now in rainbows personally i think this is the best album from them period and I also think it is their most accessible release across the board. If I wanted to introduce somebody to Radiohead, I would give them this album. It's smooth, it's silky, the arrangements of the strings and the instrumental construction of each song is bright, yet also somber and dark and distorted at some points. It's a truly beautiful record and a very vulnerable one. And I think it makes it deeply relatable, even in ways that may be uncomfortable to you or be uncomfortable to somebody else. But I think that's what In Rainbows does best, is it just lays it all out on the floor. I think this is Tom's most personal record to date, even more personal than A Moonshaped Pool. And I think it paints him in a more honest and relatable light. You know, a lot of people joke about Radiohead being very pretentious and big-headed, and, you know, sometimes they are. Tom York isn't exactly a likable guy. But what In Rainbow shows me is that they are incredible musicians, and they are capable of making music that can be deeply personal and relatable, even to people you've never met in your entire life, or like all that much. So, yeah, 
I think In Rainbows is a classic. I also think it's a masterpiece, and it's the best Radiohead album. Fight me. I don't care. Amazing. 10 out of 10. James, would you like to take the floor? Yeah, so you know that I'm kind of a Radiohead hater. Oh, we know. I get it. Listen, listen. (laughs) Let me just say something. I understand literally anybody that doesn't like Radiohead. I get it. But with that being said, this is actually a very good album that I actually did enjoy. And I totally agree with you, Mac, that this is the most accessible Radiohead album. Of all the ones that I've heard, even OK Computer, I would say that this album is more accessible. Because, like I said earlier, with the first three tracks, I realized that, yeah, Radiohead, they can be good. One thing that is undeniable about Radiohead in general, and at least especially this album, is their authenticity. Like, yeah, they're very pretentious at times, especially Tom, but In Rainbows gave me a look into that while they may be kind of big-headed and making all these weird choices and stuff, they're still doing what they believe is right, what they believe sounds good, and they're honest about it. And In Rainbows shows that more than any other Radiohead project that I've heard. So I would recommend this album to anyone. Please listen to it. My work here is done, ladies and gentlemen. But I will piggyback off of what Max said. I think this is Radiohead's best album because it lifts the rest of the members up on Tom York's level. It's less of a Tom York. Like, the OK Computer is kind of the Tom and Johnny album, and Kid A is the Tom York IDM solo project. But this album really brings out the best of all of their members, and even Nigel. This is really when Nigel stepped into becoming almost that unofficial member of Radiohead himself. There's a certain elevation of not just their performances, but also their sound. We get that live sound that they had strayed away from back into their music, and this is the point in their career where they have found balance. Even though they did go into... King of Limbs and tried to make a very incorporate a lot of electronic drums and beats again. They had enough of that guitar driven element back into their sound. This album is one of the most beautiful sonic albums I've ever heard. Its lyrics are very poignant, very emotional, even if a little too much at times for some listeners or a lot of listeners. There's also some symbolism later on in the album, you know, some very good points and, and beautiful imagery. Tom uses his falsettos amazingly in this album, really blends in with the other synths of the record, and that is his vocals at their finest when he relies a lot on his falsetto and his upper register. He's not doing weird vocal experimentation like on Idiotech or like a wolf at the door he's just making it more bluesy more like soulful and you know Johnny is at his best on this record playing around with a lot of arpeggios conducting and orchestrating all these string instrument accompaniments 
Colin's given beautiful bass lines. Phil is giving some really, really crisp, crisp rhythms and a lot of beautiful cymbal work. And Ed is using all these cool guitar gadgets to really just, and sense to really just fill in that space, making sure that nothing is empty. They're just layers. There's just that wall of sound technique added into this music. And it all really coalesces and one of the most beautiful albums I've ever heard in all phases. And it's so complete that I can't not have it as one of my favorite albums of all time. It It's in my top 10 albums of all time. Well said, brother. High praise indeed. With that being said, do you guys have any final thoughts? Alrighty, well, this is Off the Key Essentials, and we're out of here. Shout out to LaCrembo for the intro and outro music. Also, check out our link tree for where to follow us. We are on Instagram and Facebook and a variety of streaming platforms. And if you could give us a sub or a listen or even a follow, it'd be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. See you later.